Hey listeners, my name is Elisha, the founder of the Witnesses Podcast. It's so beautiful to have you listening to our podcast. And I want you to know something that that means a whole lot to me. Thank you for tuning in. And one thing I love to tell all of our listeners is, it's not just about you listening, but listening to understand. Understanding is the most important thing. So important. So, you have to listen, learn, and practice. Thank you so very much and happy listening. Hi, Fabi. It's so nice to have you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm very good. How are you, Aja? I'm doing fine as well. Okay, so, you know, oftentimes I love to talk about the essence of this show, which is to invite amazing guests, amazing guests like Fabi, to come talk to us about their triumphant stories because we believe that in our audience there might be someone who is talked up in a situation that Fabi came out of triumphantly. So by that person listening to you speak, he or she might actually pick an information that will lead to their transformation. So for that reason, Fabi, within the next few minutes, let us get started with your story, the challenges that you face in whatever aspect of your life at all, the challenges that you face and how you came out of it triumphantly. Then afterwards, I've got some beautiful questions for you. Okay, okay. over to you, Fanny. Let's get started. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much, first of all, for having me on the show. I'm very excited to be here today. Um, yeah, I mean, challenges in life. That is, you know, what really shapes us. And um, I faced a lot of different challenges, of course, in, in the past. But I think for me, one of the biggest challenges that I faced that really fundamentally reshaped my life is when um, I was 30 years old and I used to work at a really premium automotive company and I was just climbing up the corporate ladder and, um, you know, just living life to live it for someone else. And then I got the um, call from my doctor saying that they found a pre-stage of cervical cancer and that really um, just shaped my path and going forward because I remember when I received that phone call I was literally just sitting on the floor um, in uh, Palaja in, in our like little apartment. And I remember I was thinking like, you know, literally, if I were to die this year, what would I have contributed to the world so far? And that was just such an amazing moment for me in hindsight, right? Because I, it was like one of the lowest points in my life. But also at the same time, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me because I really realized like, okay, I haven't really contributed a lot to the world so far, right? I just climbed up the corporate ladder and helped, you know, um, make the, the company I work for more successful, but I felt like I haven't really made the really big impact yet. And so that was like really, really big for me. And what happened then after this big challenge is, um, I was literally like, I'm going to fight this. I'm not going to get surgery. Like I figure something out. And so I started reading about how to starve cancer, you know, like how to really change your mindset to really unlock um, the power of your own body. And so then three months later, after the diagnosis, I got another biopsy and they couldn't find any cancer cells anymore. And that was where I was like, wow, 
like your body and your mind is so powerful and that's really what kind of let me go into like the per like down the personal development path right i'm really figuring out like okay how can you unlock your potential is this maybe what life is all about to like really give back to others contribute yeah. focusing outward and yeah, that's kind of like how it all started. And uh, here I am now, um, you know, five years later. And what I've learned in the past five years has been just so like amazing because the way I now face challenges is really, I see them as opportunities for growth. Beautiful, beautiful. I love that. Oh, all good. No worries. You were gone for a second. Yeah. Okay. So let us dive into the very first question. All right. Are you ready? Okay. Yes, so I'm ready. All right. It says, how um, can one overcome self-doubt self -doubt when feeling your way to success? You got it? <sighs> yes. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a good question. Um, so I personally think that overcoming self-doubt is the hardest part of my life. Um, and so I think the biggest piece that I've noticed is when I started my entrepreneurial journey, I had a lot of self-doubt that I wasn't even aware of that I had it. Right. But there were like things where I was like, oh, I want to post this. But then, oh, maybe this person can see this and then their, you know, they, their reputation of me might go down, right? And so I, when I started out, had so much self-doubt or I was afraid to like lose the reputation I worked so hard for. I was afraid to fail in public. I was afraid of like what my mom would say, right? So many things. And one of the biggest pieces I would say to your audience when it comes to overcoming self-doubt is you got to go deep. You got to go deep into your childhood trauma and figure out what happened when you were a child that like really made you feel not worthy when you were a child and go back to that moment in time and work through it. Like, I think that's the biggest piece where I, for instance, um, I grew up without a dad. Like, um, I literally, when I was four years old, my, my dad kicked my mom, my brother and me out of the house and I've never seen them ever since, right? And so for me, I had a lot of resentment issues. I had a lot of like, am I feeling worthy, right? Of his love and everything. And so I always thought, you know, I never really met him. So does it really matter, you know, like to go back deep into this and really overcoming the self-doubt? But I would really say, if you think that something's holding you back, like an invisible hand on your shoulder, I think 99% of the time it's related to what happened to you in childhood. Like the way you grew up, the way your parents treated you. So that, that I would say is for sure. Um, the best way to overcome self-doubt is to just work through trauma. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. The second question, how can you build a six figure side also while working a full-time job? Hmm. Mm, 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 mm. You got it? How I can do it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, so I think, so one of my specialties as a side hustle coach is I help basically 
people who are stuck in the corporate job that pays them really well to build a side hustle that they love, like a, a really like a business that makes an impact. And most of the time it's like, I can't have time. I can't find time, right? Like I don't know how to fit a side hustle on my already busy plate. So one of the biggest pieces that I always recommend is I did it all the wrong way because of two big things or actually three big things. So the first one is time management, right? So in the beginning, when I started out, I would literally toward the end of, um, of the, of my work, I would start working on my side hustle. That's the worst thing you can do. So if you're out there, you want to start your side hustle, don't do it after work. The key is to do it before work. So why is that? There's the concept of willpower, right? It's like, the the it deplenishes over time right throughout the day so you won't eat the ice cream in the morning you eat it more likely at night and it's the same thing with working on your side hustle because if you just wake up you answer your slack your emails from your work phone right you're already prioritizing someone else's life first before you prioritize your own life right and that's a really 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 big challenge and so what i always teach in my side hustle school is like you want to start first with what's most important to you, right? And then later on, you know, you will start on working on your nine to five because what happens then if you prioritize your side hustle first thing in the morning, then you get positive energy and that positive energy carries over in your nine to five. And that like, for instance, is why also I got two promotions in two years because I focus on really bringing that energy that my side hustle gave me over and translate that to my um, nine to five. So that's one piece. The other piece I would say, um, we already talked about is overcoming self-doubt and the trauma. That's a really important key. And then the last piece that also is very underestimated is you got to prioritize the right things in the right order. So when I started out, I like designed a website first, you know, and I like spent so much time on like designing the perfect logo and, you know, all of the different things that don't move the needle. <laughs> so I think the biggest piece to know is two things when you start a business. Number one, you got to focus on providing massive free value. And number two is you really want to make sure that you prioritize the things that make revenue, right? And I think once you have these two things together and you focus all your activities around that and prioritize building an audience, delivering massive value for free, and then working on what is it that makes you money, I think then you're set up for success. Amazing. Oh my goodness. This is beautiful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so um, we still have about two more questions here. Yeah. All right, so this says, what has been the biggest struggle? Uh, you were breaking up. Sorry, you were breaking up. I couldn't hear you for a second. Could you repeat so, so. the question? Yeah, I would do that. So it says, what has been the biggest struggle for you to overcome as a non-native English speaker? Uh, uh, yes, that's a really great question. So as a non-native speaker, I think 
one of the things I completely underestimated, and I'm originally from Germany, I moved to the States seven years ago. And uh, one of the things I completely underestimated is how often you feel like you don't belong in the country that you're in, right? So for instance, um, it starts with you're meeting someone new and they're like, oh, where are you from? And then you're like, oh, I'm from Austin, Texas. And then there's this like awkward silence and pause. And then there's like, no, I mean, where are you really from? Right. And the where you're really from, um, I think is like kind of like a, a micro cut of like you, you don't belong here. Right. At least that's how I interpret uh, interpreted it in the beginning. So I think as a non-native speaker, it's like even harder to like go out. Right. And like really do the things because you feel like you don't belong and you feel like you're different. Um, and what so many people don't see behind the scenes of non-native speakers is like, I think. I always say that the accent that we're trying to get rid of, right? The accent though is a testimonial to just one thing and one thing only, which is freaking hard work, right? Every non-native speaker I know, any immigrant I know, they work their butts off, right? <laughs> like they really are committed. And I think that is also something that I just like so admire. And that makes you actually better to become an entrepreneur and more likely to be successful because you don't take no as an answer. Sorry, you were breaking up again. I couldn't hear you. <laughs> so the last question, it says, what has been the biggest failure in your business? <sighs> the biggest failure? Oh my goodness, there's so many. Um, and that's the fun of it. But the biggest one, um, I think it kind of comes back to what I said originally is um, I love, <laughs> okay, so what's really my biggest failure is I think that I was, I think the big piece is, uh, I just did something where I like really didn't follow the same approach that I did that made me successful in my nine to five in terms of, uh, product management, right? So for instance, whenever I develop products in my nine to five job, I would always start with like interviewing customers, right? Getting to know them, really making sure that I know their problem and then start with their solution. However, on the other hand, um, I would say when I started out, I was like, oh, you know what? It would be so cool to have like a leadership course for millennials, right? To like climb up the corporate ladder even faster. And I spent probably over eight months like locked in this DIY office, just developing the course. And then when I start selling it, I didn't sell like I didn't sell anything right and i was thinking hmm like what did i do wrong and so i realized that i didn't really figure out what the problem was and like really getting close to my customer and so i literally just developed a product in in a silo instead of developing it with my customers together and when i like talked to them more about like oh like why do you not want to climb up the corporate ladder why do you not want to get promoted it was all like 
I just want freedom. I don't want to work in a nine to five anymore. Like I want to travel wherever I want to travel to. I want to be with the people that mean the world to me. So that was like actually the real goal. And that's when it like clicked for me. And so that biggest failure then became the launch pad for me to become a side hustle coach. And uh, that I think is a beautiful like failure story. Um, and it's so funny too. The story also tells you that sometimes our side hustle is a very emotional journey, which it shouldn't be right where you should really remove the emotions and make sure that you see it from a perspective or your side hustle is your asset, right? Like that's how you should treat it. So don't treat it emotionally. So meaning when you post something and it gets five likes, so what, <laughs> right? Uh, don't take it emotionally. It's like, it's still impacted five people, right? Um, so I think the big piece is really making sure that you see it more as an asset and not as something that you're emotionally attached to, if that makes sense. Right. Wow. You know, our conversation has been so um, educative. Why? Because your words are so filled with so much insight. Bobby, I must confess, you're such an amazing person. Okay, so, um, yeah, in conclusion, what would you like to say to the audience? And let's say there's someone who would like to reach out to you, learn more about what you do. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm all about giving back, right? Like that to me is the biggest piece. And so one of the things I started last year is a YouTube channel that has like tons of passive income tutorials. It's all for free. So you can just go there and see, you know, whatever you want to do. If you want to create a journal on KDP and sell this on Amazon, right? If you want to create an online course without developing it, but for selling it, like I have bunch of tutorials there. So I would really highly recommend if you've been thinking about starting your own business, but something's been holding you back, check out my YouTube channel because I think uh, you will get a lot of value out of it. All right. Beautiful. Thank you so much for honoring the invite, Fabi. It means a whole lot. That's going to be the end okay. of the show. Thank you for coming. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Elijah. I really, really appreciate it too. Is there anything I can support you with? Oh, you were breaking up again. Is there anything I can support you with? Thank you for tuning in to this incredible episode. Your support means the world to us, and we truly value you. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Your feedback is greatly appreciated.